This is John Zaninovich. Welcome to Move My Mass. You'll be hearing from great guests talk about balancing life and being fit. Welcome to another episode of Move My Mass. Got a fun guest on today. Uh, we're going to, we will be talking fitness, but this guest has, uh, He's a co-founder of Voctel, a new vodka beverage that is available to purchase. Uh, they just released it a few weeks ago. Not only uh, has he done that, but he's also in produce sales and in real estate. So he's quite busy. Looking forward to chatting with him today about how he started this company up. And it is a great story, actually. So I'd like to welcome Oliver Sill. Hey, thanks for having me, John. Hey, thank you for coming on. Uh <clears throat> Can't wait to hear about this. <laughs> so let's just get to it. How did you and your cousin get started in this? What started it? So about four years ago, um, my family, we are big fans of drinking vodka. And so it's always common, you know, at night and on the weekends to get together and pour, you know, pour vodka sodas or any kind of vodka drink. And I have a three-year-old niece who has a lot of, well, at the time, four years ago, she was three years old and she has a lot of personality and a lot of crazy things come out of her mouth. And um, one night my sister was putting her to bed and she said, are you guys just going to go back out there and drink cocktails all night? And she randomly created this word out of her mouth, out of her imagination. And um, my business partner and I kind of, you know, she's a relative and we kind of said, quietly, like, I think this word is going to have value. Like this is, even though it came out of a three-year-old's mouth, I really think that there's something here. And so a few months later, we decided to trademark the word just so we could own it and then figure it out later. And we trademarked it, sat on it for probably, probably about six months. And then we decided that we would brand it, come up with a logo and maybe we could do a pop-up bar menu. And so it started there. We worked with um, a couple of mixologists in Bakersfield and <clears throat> we made up a menu of about seven drinks. And so the plan was to just go out and book private events and um, only exclusively serve the Voctel menu of about you know six or seven drinks. And that's what it would be. We would take care of the bar at your function. And... Um, Quickly, we learned that having a full-time job and just trying to manage bartenders was, and we're not, we weren't in that industry. And so we didn't really have all the insights and the, you know, we didn't really know that many bartenders. So it was kind of just like referrals. And we had, we had bartenders that were canceling, you know, that weren't very reliable. They were canceling the night before the event which ended up we having to cancel a few events or the bartenders were getting having way too much fun at the event and then basically they couldn't finish. Yeah. And so we kind of scrapped that and we were like, this isn't working. This isn't something we can commit our time to or we don't have enough time to commit to that. So we kind of, we met with a vodka rep that was, you know, that comes in town regularly. And then we also met with a rep from Southern Wine who's a distributor and we just told him about what our plan, you know, the word that we had and what he thinks is kind of viable and like what we could do as, 
you know, individuals. And, and he said, I think he saw the value in the word and he thought it was a very clever, fun, catchy word to say. And he said, I think you guys should can them. And at the time, my partner and I, we, were, we didn't really think that financially that would be possible. But once we looked into it, there are a ton of small like individuals who come up with these craft you know recipes and they end up and a lot of distilleries and uh, distilleries and canning companies have a big market for you know small guys coming in and only using them for a day and so we started down that avenue and we picked uh, two of the most popular flavors which are the spicy jalapeno blood orange and the lavender refresher and um, which we're both going with the spicy jalapeno yep, drink today. That is my favorite. As we uh, enjoy the podcast. <laughs> and um, so it's kind of interesting process. What you have to do is you take the recipe like you're going to make it at a bar. You have to hand that over to what they call flavor companies. And basically they have to tweak it to make it commercial. So you can make it in, you know, thousand gallon batches and those things. So doing that, Right when we started that is when COVID hit. So usually you would go down to the company and this company was in Orange County and you would sit with their chemist and you would sit there for a day and go back and forth, back and forth for the sampling. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately with COVID, we couldn't do that. So it was overnight shipments and it was about a four month process to go back and forth, back and forth until we had it right. And then from there, it's just, you know, having all the branding, the labeling done and you know, booking the canning date. This would have, we would have been able to launch sooner, but again, COVID, uh, cans and paper products, like, you know, the four pack paper products here, all delayed because they're just back ordered because it's one, the demand is so crazy right now. And two, at the factory level, there's, you know, COVID outbreak. So it shuts down production. So it's been, you know, now I base it off my niece, my niece's age. She's seven now. So it's been about a four-year ride. And we're finally, you know, to market. And um, we are probably, I would say, at least two-thirds through, if not more, of our first run. So right now, I mean, I've already been on the phone at the end of last week and today, booking everything and reordering all the supplies so we can book another canning date. So... That's exciting. So eventually, it sounds like this niece might have to be cut into the deal. <laughs> she is going to be, she has been told that if this at, takes off at all, if there's success, she will be taken care of. Oh, I love that. I love yeah. that. So being a vodka soda drinker, how did you come up with the flavors instead of instead of releasing a vodka soda cocktail? What made you think of flavors and how did you um, go down that road? Well, we just kind of saw that there was a huge popularity with flavors and, you know, canned can drinks. But outside of that, you know, the canned drinks that are available, like, you know, the high noons or the cut waters, or even if you want to go down the salsa route, like with the White Claws and truly, they don't really taste like, it, it tastes like either not real or like, you know, using fake ingredients, or it tastes like it's so subtle, you can barely even taste that there's a flavor there. It's almost like you're drinking like carbonated water. So we wanted to, you know, it obviously, you know, it, it costs more money to do that, but we wanted to bring something that actually had flavor to it. You know, it tastes like what the can says it is. And um, 
that, you know, that was kind of the inspiration behind that. So, so tell me about the day you went to pick up your first batch. That's, um, a, that's a great story. So we, uh, so we drove, I mean, we got to be there from the beginning to the end. And, and this um, is in Ventura, correct? Yeah, it's right. in Ventura. So, I mean, you know, everything is, you know, my business partner and I were from Bakersfield. This is all created up in Bakersfield. The only thing that we couldn't do in Bakersfield was physically can it because the distillery is in Ventura. So we went down there and um, we didn't really figure out how we were going to get back to Bakersfield until, and that's what I'm assuming the part of the story that you're talking about is how we got it back here. Okay. Right, right, right. Um, I had my brother, so we didn't really figure out how we were going to get it back here. We were just, you know, we'll load up, you know, I have an SUV, my aunt has an SUV, we'll load them up as much as we can and we'll bring back whatever we can. Well, my brother has like a huge truck. So we were like, will you meet us there? And, um, you know, we'll use your truck and load it up too. And then you can come back to Bakersfield with us for the day. Well, ended up, they just loaded, <laughs> we overstacked two pallets and they loaded two pallets on the back of my brother's truck. And he has an F-250 and it, we had to put the tailgate down. It took up the entire, like to the edge of the tailgate. His truck went all the way down to like the wheel, like the tires, it seemed like. And they strapped it down and we drove, <laughs> we drove from Ventura back to Bakersfield, like 55, 60 miles per hour on the five. We were honked at by semis and it was the most white knuckling, like stressful experience. But cause I thought I was going to lose, that was like almost two thirds of our run. It was over half of our first run on the back of the truck. And I that was would, like, that would have been bad. Yeah, and there's no insurance on it, nothing. Like, it would have just been, it would have belonged to the I-5 if things gone south. <laughs> but we're never, that's done. We figured out, you know, we're already gearing up for our next run. We have, you know, trucking and all that figured out so it can get delivered safely. <laughs> next batch on the way yet? Yeah, so one of the things, uh, so a lot of the feed, we've gotten a lot of feedback from, this from these two flavors and we are actually already reacting to it and we had samples delivered last week and um what we're going to do based on all the feedback is we're going to cut the sugar on both products by a third so that the new batch will have a third less sugar and based on everyone that we've had sampled you know the samples with one third less sugar it hasn't affected um, the overall taste of it, it more has more has like a clean finish when you drink it. Not so much of, I can tell there's sugar in there, but it's more of like just a clean finish and you don't have that, you know, for people that are sensitive to that or don't like that because, you know, they're health conscious, that'll help them. Um, and then another thing on the spicy jalapeno blood orange, um, some people who are sensitive to heat, their feedback was, I can only drink one or two because my heartburn kicks in. <laughs> so uh, we are going to... Yeah, so how do we figure out to let you drink six? Nah, I want them to drink eight, ten. <laughs> um, so to, do, to kind of battle that, we're going to take the blood orange and split it into... We're going to come out with additional flavors. So we're going to have a spicy jalapeno blood orange and just a blood orange. So because okay. so, people... The spicy jalapeno blood orange is kind of... It's kind of weird, and I didn't really expect this when we were developing it, but you taste 
the blood orange. And a lot of people have said they almost feel as nostalgic when they drink it because it almost feels like orange crush or orange soda at okay. the beginning. But the heat comes at the very end. It does. It and, comes later. Yeah. And I didn't, I don't know how, you know, that was kind of a weird, um, pro- that was kind of just a weird effect. Of, I, I didn't see that happening. And so people have said like, you know, I'm, I, I don't like spicy that much or, you know, heartburn kicks in for me after one, but they're like, I love the, the flavor at the beginning of it. So what we're going to do, I've already, it's actually kind of, it's a pretty easy fix outside of, you know, having a new can label designed. Um, they're just going to, you know, run the blood orange flavor and can that and then just add the jalapeno to the, to the cylinder and then, you know, can the rest with the spicy jalapeno blood orange. So I actually think that the blood orange by itself, I think will have a very good reception like once it's out. Oh, I'm sure it will. Yeah, because sure it'll just be easy drinker, no heat, and then that'll also have a third less of the sugar. So I don't think there should be any problem. You know, once you hit that, that second drink, like, oh, I've had too much, I think you'll be able to yeah. keep going. During the development of this product, were there any times where you guys were almost like paralysis by analysis? Where did you ever get bogged down in who's our market or how do we get this? Or was it just yeah. by the gut the whole time? Which which direction did you really go during all this? So every single round, it like I was saying earlier, when we were having samples sent to us from that company in Orange County, we probably had like five rounds sent to us and before we really figured it out. And um, every round, we would kind of not throw a party, but we'd have like a small gathering. Okay. And it would be anywhere from... I don't have any, I can't really have any friends that I could reach out to younger than I think 25 was the youngest person that was there. And then it was me, my wife, like, you know, I'm 32. Um, Then it would be my sister and her husband and they're like 38 and 40. And then we also had people in their 40s there. And then actually my uncle Anton, flavored drinks aren't really his thing, but you know, it it helps to have everyone's opinion. Right. And, um, and then... Georgian, who's 60. So we had, we kind of tried to get as many age groups as we can. We thought initially when we released this, we were like, you know, college to 40 is our age group. That's who's going to really eat this up and love it. But I mean, since we've got it, we've gotten from college to people in their 60s that are like, people that we don't even know that are replying back on Instagram and, you know, where do we get it? How do we get more? And so the, I mean, the feedback's been all over the board, so we thought it was only going to be, you know, this segment, but it's actually been more than we thought. So has it been has it been easy to uh, not ignore, but kind of just uh, take the critics with a grain of salt? Has that uh, been easy? I'm sure there's been some. There, no, there Maybe, definitely has there's been not, some. But I'm sure there's some. And actually, so I'm bogged down at the office all day, like for my produce job. So a lot of the sample runs have been done by Georgian, and we haven't got a lot of negative feedback. All the feedback on Instagram, like through the, like replying to stories or DMs, have been really positive. But Georgian has run into problems where she's been delivering samples out to bars and or restaurants, and there have been a lot of people that are sitting at the bar, and the local bars have been really supportive, and you know they'll immediately just start opening cans and pouring them and handing out samples to everyone, and. There are some people in there and their biggest complaint was, you know, they read the ingredient list and there's sugar in it. So 
that was, but those same people that said that try it and they're like, oh, right. This is actually kind of good. And it's funny. Um, I really like the lavender and I didn't think I would. And we were, one of the things that we said when we were developing it and picked out the packaging and the branding for it and everything was we might automatically shut off like the male, like the male segment of the market because they're not going to buy a drink that's purple. Well, when they hand out, um, Georgiana was at a bar handing out samples and one was like a big, tough biker guy. And he was like, I'm not going to drink that. Like lavender, purple, it's not, I'm not going to drink it. And, you know, they're handing out samples, so it was free. And he took it and he was like, oh, that's actually really good. <laughs> and so we can like kind of push more, it's hard to push samples right now with COVID going on and everything shut down. But, um, I, and it's funny, I felt the same way about it and I actually really liked it. And once you get it in the hands of people that wouldn't like, you know, macho, like tough guys or just, you know, men in general, but it actually, they do really like it and, and it, it is good. So do you guys have a goal of how many total flavors you want to come out with? Is there a, um, is there a number you have in mind or are you just going to just go with it? And if a good idea comes up, you'll roll with it. Yeah. So one, we have three in mind. Well, we have a, we have a, our menu has four more. One of those on the menu is a martini. So we know that'll never work in a can. Um, but we've gotten feedback from people of what the next flavor that they would like is. And multiple people like through different age groups have all said they want something that's lemonade based. And I'm kind of thinking that's based off the popularity of that lemonade line that truly just released or released a few months ago, because that seems to be pretty popular. So we might, we might do a lemonade um, before, like before the summertime. Um, we do want to kind of try and get back to like how this all started and maybe figure out a way to have a good vodka soda recipe. Um, Cause like a vodka soda with a, with a splash of lime. And um, so we're working on that. But one thing that we know that we're going to come out with is we have this green matcha based drink. It's a vodka drink, obviously. And we want, you know, the green, we want to have it released before the holidays next year, or I guess of this year. So that's one that's going to happen for sure, but that won't be probably released until like October timeframe. So those are the three that are kind of impending right now. Nice. But it's all, you know, contingent upon how these couple runs go. So what's easier, selling Voctel or selling grapes? Oh, man. Right now, probably selling Voctel is in the, <laughs> <laughs> the end of this grape deal, man. <laughs> So, yeah, I want to use that to transition a little bit to, because uh, you do do a lot. Like yeah. I said, you're in, you know, you sell grapes for a very large company. Uh, you're in real estate, mm -hmm. and now you have this new venture on top yeah. of being a newlywed. Yep. <laughs> How do you balance it all? What's a, what's a day like for you um, balancing everything in? So, I, and I'm very transparent with, you know, where I work as to the other ventures that I have going on because I, you know, I just want to assure them that, you know, I'm employed by them. So they're always going to be my priority. Yeah. So I always keep that mindset in mind, especially, you know, during the day, during the season, um, you know, Voctel and my real estate deals there for nighttime and weekends. And that's kind of when I really hammer on those. Um, and like, you know, any kind of deliveries or any kind of, 
you know, tastings or anything. They always happen on the weekends or they happen at night. Um, as far as real estate, um, real estate luckily has really become, you know, a lot of, I work mainly with buyers because it's a lot easier having my full schedule to work with buyers and to have listings. And um, so a lot of times you're, you know, 90% of the time you're working with a buyer who has a job. So they can't go look at houses until the weeknights or they can't go to the weekends. Gotcha. So outside of, you know, physically having to be there for your, for your clients in real estate, after that, after the deal is open, everything is electronic now. I mean, right. you do everything in escrow and you do everything with DocuSign. Aside of having to, you know, sit, sit with a notary, like 99% of the deal is electronic. Oh, that's true. So that, that kind of helps that. Um, and then, you know, really the other part of my day is in, you know, incorporating a workout into it. And honestly, I, I don't have a, I can't say like, you know, my gym offers a 4 p.m. class every day, like with my schedule, there's no way every day I can make a 4 p.m. class because, you know, I have to go show a house or I have to make a delivery for this after work or whatever. So I kind of just take it day by day. If I know that my night the next day is going to be really busy, then I'll wake up at, you know, 4.45 or 5 a.m. and I'll get a morning workout in. And if I know that, and then go to work after that. But if I know if I'm gonna have a light night after I get off work, then I'll make that you know class at my at my gym at four or five o'clock. So it's kind of just for that I go day by you know for making sure I get my workout in I go just day by day depending on my schedule. And then worst case scenario, if it's really bad, then I have a bike at home and I can at least get my cardio in. Yeah. So, so what's your in. what's your go to? What's your favorite workout? Um, like at the gym or uh, well, in general. I. The gym I do is like a CrossFit-based gym, and I I love it because they incorporate, you know, not a huge fan of like all the Olympic lifting that they do in CrossFit, right. but I am a big fan of all the HIIT workouts that they do. So the program is like, you know, every minute on the minute you're doing this cardio or, you know, eight minutes all out as much as you can do, as many reps as you can get of, you know, and they do the box jumps, the burpees, or all kinds of dumbbell yeah. dumbbell workouts and so that part i love because it's just like it's basically a hit workout within crossfit right and yeah with me anytime i've ever done crossfit which i do love that workout i'm always the lightest lifter yeah not literally but i yeah. check my ego i'm not yeah. there to do the to, to do the olympic lifts no yeah i'm there for the hit workout exactly i'm there for more like to get a little lean and then to just you know stay in shape yeah. So I don't care about, you know, putting 300 pounds on the snatch squat. Like I, right. I'm, I'm past that. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, don't, I don't care about that because I, throughout, I mean, I've been doing, doing it for a while. And like, even in my mid twenties, I, my lower back would always go out and it was just, I was like, I don't need those problems anymore. So I just want to get a good workout in <laughs> and it's a huge stress reliever. So it isn't it. Uh, it's, it's the mental part of it that I walk away from it just feeling so much better because, I mean, a lot of times, like, when there's a lot of things going on, like, personal life, too, it's just, like, 45, one-hour minute, like, relief. Yeah. So, it's really Where nice. you get to check out. Yeah. And then you come out of it with all the endorphins and you're feeling yeah. good and yeah. things are looking brighter no matter what's going on. Yep, exactly. It helps out a lot, especially if it's actually kind of nice, like, 
even though I only mainly do cardios in the morning, I won't do the lifting, but I really enjoy getting that early morning workout in like at five in the morning because it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the day. Yeah, so I remember this is probably four or five years ago. I don't remember exactly, but I saw you at a produce convention. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those typical days where we're all in groups partying with whatever group we have. You know, you had your customers, I had my customers, whatever group. Yeah. But I remember you were, you had come out of a workout, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I always respect that whenever I see that, especially at a produce convention, because that is not the easiest thing to yeah. go to. <laughs> how do you do it? How do you, how do you balance produce and that lifestyle with your nutrition? When do you make your choices? Because I know how I do it, but everybody seems to have a different approach on how they, okay, I, if I go to this convention and party exactly like everybody wants to party, yeah. I'm coming out of here five pounds heavier. Oh, for sure. So how, do you, how do you go into it? Well, I go into it trying to work out. Well, one thing on my mind is I'm going to try to work out at the hotel for as many days as I can while I'm there. Um, another thing, I try to be as good as possible when I'm on my own on these trips. So breakfast and lunch, I try to do eat as clean as I can because I know dinner is going to be a mess. Because <laughs> I know we're going to some steakhouse or some Italian restaurant or you know something ridiculous. And so, but I mean, you kind of got to give in somewhere. Yes. So you don't go absolutely crazy in right. your, inside your you know your own head. Right. And so that like if I'm at dinner. Like I said, you know, breakfast and lunch are mine. <clears throat> and if I'm with the client or with the customer at dinner, then it's kind of in my head, okay, we can turn this off and we can have a good time. Right. And then tomorrow morning, we need to work out. Back at it. Yeah. And like, I don't, I mean, I overindulge in the sense that like, yeah, I drink and I have red meat and, but I don't do dessert and, you know, do all that. But yeah, I definitely yeah. have a fun night, but it actually makes me feel, you know, in my head, I'm like, if you're going to do this, then I make myself feel more guilty. So the next day I make sure I go to the gym. Right. right. <laughs> so <clears throat> that's my, <clears throat> that's kind of, <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> that's kind of my mentality towards it. Cause you can't always be a hundred percent, like eat clean, be perfect, like do all that or you'll just go crazy. Yeah, you will. That's <clears throat> for sure. And that's exactly most of the time, that's my approach to it, conventions, or just in produce in general. It's like when when it's my time alone, eat mm-hmm. clean, be good, make sure you get your workout in. And yeah. then that way you don't have to look like the weirdo amongst. Yeah. There's also know, a whole social aspect. Yeah. It. They want you to eat yes. with them. And they want you to eat a lot with them and drink yeah. a lot. The drinking part's pretty easy for me. Yeah. yeah I, I can do that. No problem. I would rather. <laughs> I, yeah. I enjoy my cocktail calories yeah. more than yeah. I do, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm going to enjoy my cocktails for sure. The food. All right. We're going to have a big dinner. Yeah. Of course I enjoy it, but it's not, it's not the biggie. Yeah. So. What about, uh, your wife? You guys like to work out <clears throat> together or yeah, she is as much about like health and fitness as I am. So that makes it a lot easier. Yeah. She is, well, I mean, she grew up like playing soccer her whole life and, you know, working out. And now she goes to the same gym I go to because they offer a strictly, like it's called, they call it burn 30, but it's strictly a hit workout okay. focused 
class. And so she goes to that. We, I have a, we have a Peloton bike at home. So like me, if she can't make it, at least we have that to do some cardio on. Right. Right. So, and then <clears throat> we're also joining, um, I don't know if you ever, have you ever done hot yoga before? Have not done it. Heard so, about it. Yeah, I, I haven't done it probably actually for basically the whole you know pandemic, COVID shutdown. I haven't done it, but she got me to start it. It's called um, Evolve Core. They're opening up a new studio in Bakersfield. And I think it opens up next week, but it's just, you know, the room is obviously like a hundred plus degrees, but it's not just like yoga. You're doing like, like a, almost not like a hit workout, but you're doing a workout on the mat in a hundred degree heat. And I mainly like it for all the stretching aspect of it because my lower back gets like super tight and just messes me up and puts me out. So we've been doing that. I mean, Sometimes you're doing like, you know, burpees and squats and all this kind of stuff, like in this workout and you're just pouring sweat because it's 110. Just smoked. Yeah. So it, they're intense. Like they're so really is, good workouts. Is it hot? Is it yoga combined <clears throat> with the workout or is it separate? Like you do yoga first and then you do the workout. No, it's all house. together. It's all together. Yeah. And it, I don't know if they just call it that here in Bakersfield, like this company, but it's called Evolve Core. I don't know if it's like a, it's like a hit. If it's hit and yoga combined, it's okay. like what this would be. Okay. But like you don't, it, everything's on the mat. Okay. So it's it's definitely different and it's completely different than CrossFit. So like I thought, because right. I had finally, like she convinced me to go with her and I'd already been doing CrossFit for like two or three years. Yeah. And it was a wake up. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, no yeah. kidding. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because it's, you know, CrossFit doesn't really, or at least the gym I go to, we do core but it's like supplementary, some of a focus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's evolved core, like it's a focus, and everything is in your core with yoga. Right. And so that was just a huge wake up. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I <clears throat> yeah. Can. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah. And uh, looking forward to the success of Voctel. Yeah, hopefully, we have the new flavor and the new less sugar ones uh, by the end of February. Well, thank you so much, Oliver. Yeah, thanks, John. <laughs>